Welcome to the Vancouver Boys Podcast. The Vancouver Boys are the most entertaining sports cast in British Columbia. Steve Dangle here. I love the Vancouver Boys. It's the Vancouver Boys Podcast. Woo! Hey, welcome back to the Vancouver Boys Podcast. Uh, I'll be your host this week for episode number 51. Yeah, that's right, 51. And because we skipped that week uh, uh, in the summer last year, this is actually like the last episode before we start a new year. Wow. Crazy, hey? On the Vancouver Boys calendar. Exactly. Which we subscribe to. Yeah, which starts in (laughs) April. (laughs) Anyway, uh, as usual, I am joined this week by my fantastic co-hosts, Tyler Erlinson. Hey, how's it going? And Marcus Keller. What's going on, everybody? And later on in the show, we will also be joined by our favorite Smith taker, Alex Smith. He's going to join us and we're going to have another little Smith take. Uh, but before we get to that, before we get to the Canucks news or anything else that happened around the league this week, uh, let's throw it over to Marcus for our fake sponsor of the week. Marcus, take it away. Well, thank you, Jake. Uh, just to remind our listeners uh, that the fake sponsor of the week is only a placeholder for a real sponsor, which we think we might be able to get someday. This week's episode of the Vancouver Boys podcast is brought to you by the St. Louis Blues. Much like Will Smith, they will smack the shit out of you. <laughs> the St. Louis Blues, ruining Vancouver's playoff chances in three days. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I figured you'd like that one. Let's go. Oh, man. And you know, if Vancouver had beaten St. Louis in either of those two games, then the Preds would still be in like one of the central spots, not in the wild card. So, yeah, so Blues screw both <laughs> yeah, of us. Yeah, both of us. <laughs> You're welcome. Anyway. I mean, like that situation, holy shit, hey? I know. <laughs> like, you mean the Will Smith situation. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's probably going to get talked about from now forever. Like, just what a fucking crazy. I know. Yeah. There's still, okay, what do you guys think, though? Publicity stunt or was that real? Publicity for what, though? Like, just because everyone's been saying the Oscars have been rapidly declining in popularity. Like, no one watches it anymore. Yeah. So they're wondering if it was a bit staged, if they were told, like, hey, do something crazy shit so that people watch (laughs) next year. I don't buy it. No. No, No, I don't buy it. I Uh, mean, freaking Chris Rock did flinch well before Will Smith was even about to hit him. Well, yeah, because he walked up to him with his fucking hand cocked, ready for a smack. No, his hands were down by his side, and Chris Rock had his hands behind his back the whole time. If he thought he was going to get hit, he wouldn't have kept his hands behind his back. Unless he knew he was. Okay. (laughs) That's conspiracy. I I don't know. What what gets me is that, like, when they showed the original joke that Chris Rock told, Will Smith was laughing. Like, he was laughing at the joke, and sometime between then and the camera cutting off, his wife said, get up there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you watch her, like, right off the bat, she rolls her eyes. She's like, "Mm mm-mm. But he's uh, having the time of his life, though. He's like, ah, good one, Chris. Yeah, yeah boy, Chris. <laughs> oh, fuck, somebody about to get the rest. <laughs> yeah, so, something flipped there when the camera went yeah. off of him. I yeah. don't know what happened. One of us is about to have a miserable night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, if only if only Will Smith cared that much in August, then... Uh, in August? You say in August? Yeah, when his wife was cheating on him. Oh. Well, wait... Tyler, I think you may be misinformed because the name of the guy who she cheated on him with was August. 
Oh, well, either yeah, way. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, hang on Same a minute. shit. <laughs> but then there was a thing that came out that it wasn't cheating and that they have an open relationship and no, stuff. No, no. No, you don't buy that? I, no. Now I that's think... a publicity stunt. <laughs> no, I think they they were like separated and working on their marriage. And uh, she was working on her. Yeah. On some she other was things. working on something, all right? Exactly. Or getting worked on. Either way. Okay. Uh, <laughs> working on August. There you go. Attaboy. Uh, anyway, um, that whole situation is really messed up and, uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll have plenty more to say about it later in the show, but as we, are we going to bring it back to that later? Uh, we might, we might, we might bring it back. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I don't know this show. Who knows what could happen? It's a hockey podcast, but we talk about everything. Uh, anyway, but as I said, it's a hockey podcast and we always start every show the same way with our Canucks news. So, uh, let's see what's going on in the world of the Vancouver Canucks this week. As Marcus touched on, two devastating losses to the St. Louis Blues in the same week, which all but shored up their chances of not making the playoffs. Shane Wright lottery, anyone? That's, that's... I, I think he's going to be a bust. I don't know if I want him. What makes you say that? He just, from a lot of the other players that, that look really good in, uh, in the, the juniors and stuff, He's kind of just been nose diving off, and there's a lot of better players that seem to be uh, rising to the occasion, and a lot of them are from Slovakia. Oh my oh, god! <laughs> Wait, but so if, if what you're predicting is true, then maybe we'll get some smart GMs out there who won't pick him, and he'll slip back to where are we going to be picking seventeenth? <laughs> I mean, wish. as long as we pick a Slovak, I'm happy. Okay, well, I don't want I don't want uh, Shane Wright. Sounds like the odds of that are pretty good because there's a few Slovaks coming up in the draft here. Some pretty good ones. So. Oh, yeah. It looks like some of the top prospects in the next draft, which I know you guys are familiar with most of them, Shane Wright, Logan Cooley, Matthew Savoy, Connor Geeky, uh, Cutter Gunther, and Jack Hughes. Those are just a few of the like top prospects that a lot of people have been looking at is going like, I've oh, been yeah. looking at Jack Hughes a lot. I, I, see, I see how you only named North American players. Yeah, well, I mean, there's some here, but like to be honest with you, I don't feel like stumbling over some of their names. I can try. Uh, Slavoski is going first is, overall. Exactly. Like I don't know how to pronounce that. And Nemec is going second. They're, yeah. Okay. Simon, well, Nemec, Simon, Simon Nemec, of course, people are talking about. Uh, Pavel Mintyukov is in there. Um, Denton <laughs> Matichuk. I don't know. There's a bunch of other names in there too. But the fact of the matter is, is that a lot of people think that uh, it's going to be. Uh, it's still going to be Shane Wright. Joachim Kemmel, I think, is in there as well. Like you were saying, Uri Slafovsky. Oh, that guy's going to be sick. He is going to be so good. Well, here's hoping the Canucks can grab him because they're going to probably be a top 15 pick. All right. Um, well, he if he's available at 15, right. I'd be stunned. Yeah, but, he won't be available after five. Well, we, we'll see. They we, might have a shot at Simon Nemec. But who it, knows? it would be so funny if this was the year that we somehow won the lottery and picked in the top three. I would laugh so hard. Just of all these yeah, The seasons. year before a generational talent. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, put it this way. If we're still having these conversations next year about, oh, I hope we can win a lottery pick, they've done something wrong. Well, if, if their contract situation has anything to do with it. Um, but they can fix that. There's, there's solutions. And, like, I'm, I'm borderlining on blow it up right now. I am so mad. Really? Dude. All season, I've been fighting you specifically yeah. on that this is a playoff team simply because they have to be. 
they can't not be a playoff team anymore. We are in year nine of this rebuild. Yeah. That shouldn't exist. There shouldn't be a year nine. It should be like year four, and then you're getting close to back in it. Mm-hmm. Right? This has lasted twice as long as a rebuild should, and it still isn't done. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I'm so mad. But you got to remember, they also didn't have a pick like Austin Matthews, right? Like, or a pick like Connor McDavid. If the no. Leafs and Oilers didn't have those picks, they would still be where the Canucks are, in right. my opinion. But again, it, this is what drives me the craziest, is you're exactly right. And this is why I kept saying, and I will keep saying, that the owners of this team need to piss off and keep their noses out of the hockey business. They refuse to let this team get bad enough so that they would be a bottom three team and be getting those good picks. That's why, like... Even though they were. Yeah, even though... Well, we were down there, but we were never dead last. We were never second to last. I think... Yeah, they were. The year that they picked Pedersen, they finished second last. It was only the Avalanche that were worse, and they picked Kale McCarr. Oh, yeah, that's right, too. Yeah, yeah we were... Okay, you're right. But st- we, just, we weren't there long enough. We weren't in the basement long enough. Be- and the owners... They didn't want it to happen because they knew no one pays to see an, an awful hockey team, or not a lot of people do. Yeah. That's when they made all those awful signings like Erickson, Roussel, Beagle, Sutter. All these guys, and Sutter, I know that's been changed now. But it was because back then, those players were still decent. They could help your team be better. That was their plan. Because of that, we didn't get those super high-end picks. And now we're here developing guys that none of them were picked in the top four. You know the last time the Canucks had a pick in the top four was? You'll, you'll probably be able to guess. Was it the Sedins? It was. It was the Sedins. Second and third overall in 99. Right? I, I don't think there's a lot of teams you can say that about, that they've gone that long without a top four pick. It just it, It's depressing, and, it, and it, it's really upsetting that, you know, we've been strung along this long to watch this team become something, and they're still not there. Well, and even, even the fact that we didn't get a first-round pick last year, because, we I mean, we traded it for OEL and Garland, Listen to that sentence. We traded it for OEL. Like And Garland. And you're right. And Garland, who again has been I, I like Garland, but Jesus. And a lot of our cat problems. No, we inherited more cat problems than we gave away. Right? But that was the other thing. Is um Erickson, Beagle, and Roussel, all three of them, off the books this summer. They're gone. Next season, Arizona does not have to worry about them. We have OEL on our books at $7 million a year for the next six seasons. I don't get it. I, I don't get why they did it this way. And I never did. And this isn't just me looking at it, oh, hindsight is twenty twenty. I said when they made that trade, awful decision. And that held up. It's funny. All we can hope is that Dylan Gunther's going to be a bust. Or whoever they would have picked, right? Yeah. It's funny, like, coming into this episode, I had a feeling that there was going to be a lot of discussion around just kind of the, the future of this team, which I know a lot of times that is what we talk about, but especially this week, um, just because it's it's become very clear this team isn't making the playoffs. And, you know, I'd like to, to kind of acknowledge the fact that I have been saying all season they're not a playoff team. And as much as I, you know, like being right, uh, this doesn't feel good. Uh, this doesn't feel like, you know, I would have been very happy to be wrong about this. I wanted to see this team be in the playoffs. But the other thing that really frustrates me about this is, you know, we're at, let's say, April 1st right now. Uh, I think that's the day this episode airs. We have a month before the season's over. And they are more than likely um, looking at tanking for the rest of the season because they're so far outside the playoff picture. 
uh, with so few games remaining. And, uh, you know, we sit here, we talk about the Canucks, we want to see them do a lot better, we want to see optimism, we want to see people cheering and pushing them to do better, but with where they're at, because of the position that the last management group left them in, it it's become increasingly more difficult to do so. And uh, I guess I just want to say this to Canucks Nation and, and people that are listening that cheer for the Canucks. This season's over. Um, this season is something that you need to come to grips with was a disaster. It could not have gone any worse. If they had tanked the whole season, it would have been better than this. But they didn't. So look forward to the future. Put your eggs in the basket that tomorrow will be better. Danila Klimovich is coming up. Will Lockwood looks great. Nick Patan's been looking good too. There is a bright future ahead. And as long as Patrick Alvine isn't pushed to make the same decisions that Jim Benning was by the, the ownership group, be optimistic, cheer, and be there for the Canucks because they will be better tomorrow. Eventually, they will make the playoffs and they'll give you something to really cheer about. Until that day comes, you still got one of the best goalies in the league. Be happy about that. I want to. I just want to bring up something really specific that you talked about in there, and that was that if ownership doesn't do the same thing they did last time, which is pressure management to make certain decisions, to do certain things with the team that, again, have more to do with finances than they have to do with actual team success, they won't stop. That's what drives me nuts. Is this? I could have told you this was going to happen before. Is that with Benning and, and Linden coming in? It didn't start by them getting hired and the owner saying, "Now listen, here's how things are going to go. We're going to tell you what to do, and you're going to do it." No way. That's how it happened. They brought Linden on board, and I'm sure they rolled out the welcome wagon and said, "We're so happy to have such an established alumni, one of the greatest Canucks of all time. We're so happy to have you up here, and we're going to give you Jim Benning to help you out." Right. That's how it starts. And then they want to do something small like, say, trade Hamhuse before he becomes a free agent. And ownership steps in and goes, ah, 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 you can't trade him to Dallas. We need to make Dallas overpay for Hamhuse because I have a beef with those owners, right? Make, make them overpay. And they go, okay, well, that's kind of weird. And then they have to ask this ridiculous package for Dan Hamhuse past his prime. And Dallas says no, then claims him as a free agent. Anyway, they get him for free. We, we lost him for free. Then it starts mounting up. It's other things. It's sign this guy. It's bring this guy in. It's do something that makes the team good right now, even though they should be awful. Make them just good enough, you know, that people will, we can keep interest in them. And it mounts until you have them tell you, bring in someone like Eric Carlson, which they tried to do, by the way, or Benning tried to do. Linden called that the last straw, and that's when he resigned from the organization. Benning said, no, I want to keep my job and decided to be a yes man. And he stayed until it inevitably fell apart. Like we all kind of knew it would. And th that's what sucks is I don't see that changing. This is the same. I'm sure they told Alvin, we're so happy to have a Swede in here. You know, we have a long history of Swede, someone who will diversify the organization. He'll do everything right until he tries to make that one decision where Aquilini goes, I don't know if financially that's in our best interest. And then he goes, ah, maybe don't do that. And you steer him a different direction. It starts with, with just little things like that. And it just builds and builds until he once again sets the precedent that the owner is in charge of the hockey decisions. That's why this team, I, I, it is hard to say if they'll ever actually be able to do anything with this core under this ownership.
Yeah, I mean, like Jake said, the season is over, but you you do have a lot of good things to look forward to. Like, there's a lot of prospects. Another one is uh, Linus Carlson, Mm -hmm. who looks really good. Pedersen had a a very strong second half of the season. He looks a a lot better. Pod Colson looks looks pretty good. He looks like he's growing. Hoaglander had a tough season, but you can still see that there's, there's something there. Um, you have JT Miller who had a breakout year and you have Thatcher Demko and net. So there's a lot of good pieces on this team. Like, like you said, there are cap problems. There's people with bad contracts, but there, there is a future. So hopefully they can, they can uh, figure their shit out and get rid of some of these contracts, develop these players over a couple of years and then take a hit at a, a cup run or something like that. But if they don't, they'll just be a bunch of goofs like the last management. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what a goof! That's right. Welcome to my segment of the show. This is the biggest goof of the week. This is the part of the show where I go out. I go out. I find a story that involves a person, player, coach, team, organization, management group, who knows, whatever, what have you. I bring up that story with the guys and we have a chat about it. And this week, we're going to head over to the MMA, the world of mixed martial arts. Hmm. Yeah, a, uh, a, a beginner fighter new to the MMA scene a, bu- a man by the name of <laughs> William Smith <laughs> lightweight champion of the Oscars <laughs> exactly <laughs> absolutely brutalized Chris Rock <laughs> no I'm kidding um, it's funny though I was planning on making that joke basically as soon as it happened but then the meme page made the joke did you see that the guy who runs that meme page like our meme page? Yeah, the guy no. that runs our meme page. He made a meme about that. And he's like, oh, I wonder if the biggest goof of the week this week is going to be um, boxing or whatever. And then had a picture of uh, Will Smith. Well, I was like, oh, I was planning on making that joke. But yeah, it was a good joke. Oh, yeah, I just pulled it up. It just said, it's in quote, it just shows the picture of him slapping him. Yeah. And it says, welcome to my segment, the goof of the week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, no, no. My biggest goof of the week is, of course, in the world of hockey. Um, this one comes from a floor hockey league in BC. Man who has never scored a goal. <laughs> oh my God. This is making it onto the podcast. <laughs> I'm so upset right now. <laughs> Searching for his first career tally. Parks himself in front of the net. Back door. <laughs> Gets the ball on a platter and kicks it into the net. <laughs> Oh, man. So here's the setup. So Marcus has been learning how to play. He's never played hockey in his life. So we've been taking him out to floor hockey to just kind of learn the basics of the game. And, you know, he's been doing great. He's been doing a great job. Objectively speaking, he'd be doing great. Thanks. But <laughs> he got he got set up for a backdoor goal just wide open. And instead of using the blade of a stick, punted the ball into the net. <laughs> hey, but that's, that's not the whole story. When... When I had my stick down ready for the pass, it came onto my wrong side. Like, I would have had to take it on my backhand, and I didn't trust myself. Mm. So what I decided to do was, as the ball came across my body, I was going to kick it back to my blade right. to, to try to kick it in. Yeah. Unfortunately, the ball <laughs> didn't go off the inside of my foot. It went off of my toe and rocketed top corner <laughs> into the net. 
Sounds like a good goal to me. (laughs) Yeah, not quite. There may have been a distinct kicking motion. Oh, man. It was so... Everyone's like, oh, we got to take that one upstairs. Yeah. Oh, it was bad. The worst was just turning around and seeing all the guys just killing themselves laughing on the bench. Because, like, it was almost becoming a joke that people were trying to set me up for a goal. And it just wasn't happening. And this was, like... I, I wouldn't even say my best chance of the game. I might have had like two better setups than that that also just went right through my legs that I just whiffed on. So this one you were not letting go by you. No. <laughs> At all. No. Yeah, it was uh that was a rough, uh rough sequence for me. Yeah, no. Uh all right, so all right. Time for the real goof. Of the oh week. my God. Now that we've third one. Now that we've got the two jokes out of the way, uh, let's go. We are sticking to the world of hockey, um, and we're gonna go and we're gonna talk about the Taylor Hall situation. I'm sure many of you are aware of it. Uh, I think it was Ilya Libushkin uh, laid a hit on Taylor Hall that put him headfirst into the boards, and Taylor Hall got up and decided that he wasn't gonna have that. Wound up and punched Ilya Libushkin in the face. Uh, you Kick can't do that, uh, Taylor Hall. $5,000 fine, I believe, and uh, no suspension, though, on this one. But Taylor Hall, what are you doing, man? Like, sucker punching is so 2002, and... <laughs> Was that a specific date you had in mind there? That's so 2004, April 2nd. Right. Yes. <laughs> Whenever yeah. that game was. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, come on, man. You can't be sucker punching people. I mean, that was a pretty soft sucker punch. Was it? I don't know. Man. I, I, I think he clocks him pretty good in the him, side of the head. Yeah, he got him pretty clean. <laughs> the right hook from behind. Know. Yeah, especially because, yeah, his fist was never even in the eyesight of the player that he was hitting. <laughs> it looked more like a tickle to me. <laughs> like, hey, you got something on your chin. Let me get that for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have something on your temple. Uh, <laughs> here's my thing. I think this should have been a suspension. I, I got to be honest. And this is against the Leafs, too. Like, there's no bias from me here. But here's the thing. Obviously, the Todd Bertuzzi incident that we alluded to earlier has some differences from this. But ultimately, the action was the same. He punched him in virtually the same way in the same spot. I'm sure Taylor Hall probably doesn't have as good of a right hook as Todd Bertuzzi did. <laughs> but th- my point is that clearly they're suspending players based on the result of an action, not on the action itself. Because if you line these up side by side, I got to say they're more similar than a lot of people would like to admit. Well, if you, if you take a look at this hit, Labushkin did end up with a concussion. Oh, he did. Uh, Yep. And he, he is out, but I kind of compare this more to another one that happened this season, which was the whole Dylan Larkin play. I think the, the one where Dylan Larkin clocked Matthew Joseph was a lot more vicious than this hit, and that was only a one-game suspension. So I, I think that's kind of where where the comparison is and why there wasn't a suspension, because I, I don't think they were of the same caliber. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the thing about the Larkin one is he hit him from the front, right? Like, you're right, it was a sucker punch. He wasn't expecting it, but he hit him from the front. He also clocked him like 12 times harder. Yeah. Also, he didn't like sucker punch him as much as he arm barred him, right? Like, yeah. He clotheslined him as he was skating by with a punch to the jaw. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I don't know. Like for me, a- again, I, I guess what this brings up, and I know this is going to sound bad as a Canucks fan, but had Bertuzzi thrown that exact same punch 
and the dog pile not happened after and they brought Steve Moore back and he just had a concussion. You know, Bertuzzi's not gone for whatever it ended up being, like 40 games or, or whatever that suspension was, right? It's They're very much basing it on the severity of the result, not on the action itself. Well, I mean, Bertuzzi also didn't tickle the guy. You need to get over this. It's still a sucker punch to the side of the head. It's not as soft as you think it is. If you look at the Bertuzzi hit, Bertuzzi square up smokes him in the side of the face. Taylor Hall doesn't even have a closed palm. He hits him more with the fingers. So you're saying you you, you don't think this needs a suspension because Hall's fighting form is bad? <laughs> Tyler's saying that he poked him. <laughs> His fighting form is terrible. This actually does look more like the Will Smith thing than anything else. It is kind of open palm. You're right. I didn't exactly. Re- yeah. And- Chris Rock took that just fine, so Elio Lushkin <laughs> is soft. Well, we don't know. Chris Rock could have suffered a concussion from it. Well, he did. He did just hire security. So did he oh, really? Boy. Yeah, and they're huge. That's funny. <laughs> what do you think? Will Smith's going to come back for blood? Like, yeah. what? <laughs> nah, but maybe Taylor Hall will. Ta- Taylor Hall goes after Chris Rock now? Gets a taste for blood? <laughs> that would make it on the podcast for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that was some goofy stuff. A lot of goofiness. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so three different goof stories this week, but... I don't know. I thought they were all worthy of being chatted about, so thought I'd bring them up. Uh, but yeah, that's the biggest goof of the week. Uh, Taylor Hall. Smacking, poking, tickling, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> hitting Ilya Libushkin in the side of the head. Biggest goof of the week. And I guess there's one other story that I thought was kind of goofy that I was thinking maybe we can bring up, but I don't know. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights. They just put Riley Smith on their LTIR, which seems to, at least for now, solve their whole issue with uh, cap restraints. This is cheating. <laughs> we man, I like this is is this not how exactly how we started the podcast like a year ago next week yeah. was me saying this is cheating. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's it's the same thing. Yeah, nothing, a, nothing has changed from a year ago next week to now. What's funnier about this one though is that they tried to do it the NHL said no, and then they said, okay, we'll just try it. We'll, we're going to do it differently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They tried to trade to make cap space. It didn't work, and they went, ah, have we ever told you that Riley Smith is injured <laughs> for the rest of the season? Did we forget yeah. to mention that? Yeah, they just swing at him with a fucking club into his knee. Oh, by the way, <laughs> he, he actually busted his knee. Yeah, they're stretching him out. He's screaming. Yeah. It reminds me of that clip from that movie where the guy goes diving through the window after the they open the door. Yeah. He's trying to hide from his girlfriend. Just missed him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way. He's injured. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Honestly, Riley Smith's been having a tough season, too. So it it makes sense for him to be the one they throw on the LTIR. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, would you rather have Mark Stone or Riley Smith in your lineup? Again, though, I got to say, like, I mean, I know we just made that joke about them injuring him. But, like, I, <laughs> I, I believe that Riley Smith is injured. I, I'm not saying that Riley Smith is just sitting at home faking it right now. But I think they exaggerate the depth of these injuries. Yeah. Right? They have to. And then they, well, again, if, like, even with uh, Kucherov, he did get a surgery last year. Like, we should point that out. Like, it wasn't like a fake injury. Yeah. But Tampa Bay timed fake surgery. But they timed the injury yeah. in a way that his projected recovery would land him right at the beginning of the playoffs. Yeah. 
Do I believe that he was not healthy three days before that game to play in the regular season? Yeah. But he was completely healed for the first game of the playoffs? No chance. Yeah. Well, I mean, we also know that teams have been doing this for years, right? Like, they put players in LTIR who don't deserve to be there to help them. Like, yeah. the, the example that comes to mind is the Leafs did this in 2015, 2016, when they were tanking for Matthews, is they put Joffrey Lupel. they literally said he <laughs> failed the physical when he didn't, yeah. So that they could put him on LTIR for the season so they could tank even harder. You know? It's just like, it, it, you're right. It is cheating. And it needs to be addressed. It needs to be fixed. It the, the, What it creates is it creates an uh, a position where GMs are forced to make bad trades. And trades are always more interesting and more entertaining to the game and fair to the players. Like, let's, let's, not, let's not kid around here, right? Like, Good players need to play. If they're healthy and they're the best in the world, they should be playing in the NHL, not rotting in the LTIR yeah, 100%. Or, or being you know stuck in limbo in some other way. And forcing teams to make bad trades with other teams, right, forces them to get weaker, the weaker teams to get better, and the better players to play, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's, that's how it works. And um, you're right. What they're doing is cheating. And, uh, you know, they have actually brought up the idea. I think it, there was uh, a story that came out a couple weeks ago how one GM had decided to put on the docket for the GM meetings happening in the offseason that they will address this. Mm -hmm. So uh, it might not get resolved, but it'll at least start a new conversation on whether it needs to be addressed or not uh, this summer. They actually, um, they actually just talked about that over the GM meetings that just happened this week. Oh, okay. My bad. So it already has happened. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, they brought it up, and all the GMs came to a consensus that no, it's fine. Doesn't need to change. Jesus, oh, man, that's crazy. That 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 drives me nuts. Because again, what you were saying about the trades, and and even the example with the Leafs, where they just were benching players essentially so their roster was worse. That's one thing. But when you're just harboring players under the cap so you can bring them back in the playoffs and be a super team, that's where I have problems. And I realize that Vegas is a bad example because they're like on the brink of not making the playoffs, but still the idea is there, right? Is that you overspend, exaggerate someone's injury. You have them just train somewhere else where the NHL can't really watch them. Then you bring them back as soon as the playoffs start. And you have this roster now that no one else could afford because with the cap, you, you can't do it. You can't sign all those players, right? That That's what I can't stand that. And more, more so that the, GMs are now going, oh, yeah, no, no, we want to keep this loophole. Like, it, it's becoming part of a strategy. Well, Vegas, I mean, they are slightly in trouble right now because Max Pacioretty's injured, Mark Stone's injured, uh, Brassot's injured, Riley Smith's injured, William Carrier's injured, Keegan Colasar's injured, Brett Howden's injured, Nolan Patrick's injured, Nicholas Hegg's injured. All right, now like, you're starting to get into territory of players. It doesn't really matter, Tyler. But yeah, I see your point. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, all those players have been in their lineup this year. Yeah. And like, yeah. th they've been playing decently. But one thing I can say about Vegas is right now, it's almost looking like a good thing they did not trade Evgeny Dandadoff. Yeah, cause because they he him. is the reason they have won their last couple of games. Yeah, yeah. He, he scored like two of the biggest goals in the last week for, for yeah. the Golden Knights. Yeah. Yeah, because, but even though it, like, they have a ton of games played. I think as of right now, or as of recording, they have, like, 69 games played. Nice. nice. And uh, 78 points. And the Dallas Stars have 65 and six and 76 points. So it's like, you know, they're, they're in danger of not making the playoffs as well. 
Yeah, uh, Dallas's uh, winning percentage is higher than Vegas's. If they stay yeah. on pace for what they are right now, um, they'll knock them out. Yeah, Dallas will with their games in hand. They have four games in hand. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and they'll they'll pass them. They will if they keep going at this exact rate. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think we should probably jump into break. What do you guys think? Yeah, it sounds like a good time to do that. Alrighty. Uh, but before we do, uh, I wanted to bring up something. Bit of an ominous uh, note to leave it on, but nevertheless, let's let's chat about it real quick. Uh, Eugene Melnick uh, came out this week that he passed away. Um, bit of a uh, bit of a polarizing figure in the NHL community. Uh, however, you know we here at the Vancouver Boys Studios, of course, would like to extend our sympathies to the family um, and uh, to Eugene Melnick. So we'll catch you on the other side of the break, and we'll have some uh, some fun discussions, including Smith Take with Alex Smith. So uh, we'll see you on the other side of the break right after a word. This week's episode of the Vancouver Boys podcast is brought to you by the St. Louis Blues. Much like Will Smith, they will smack the shit out of you. The St. Louis Blues, ruining Vancouver's playoff chances in only three days. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Vancouver Boys Podcast. That's her name, don't wear it out. Man, we gotta sign this guy to a 6 by 6 Tampa Bay was $18 million over the salary cap. UC Soros is the best goalie in the NHL. Hey, welcome back to the second half of the show. Uh, fun segment to start the second half of the show. We got another Schmidt take. Shit take. No, not shit take. <laughs> what do we call this? Schmidt take. You're, you're a lot take. better at saying that than That's I am. right. What? Shit take? <laughs> yeah, you guys got to get it together, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome back to Schmidt take. And as you heard, uh, Alex Smith joins us on the show. How's it going, buddy? I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing all right. I'm keeping it together, but just barely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, just a refresher for those of you who aren't aware how this segment works. Uh, Alex brings us a bit of a hot take, and uh, we have a conversation about it. So, Alex, what is your Smith take this week? My Smith take this week is I think this offseason, the Canucks should trade Brock Besser. I think that they should do a sign-and-trade. I don't think he's going to be worth the money that he's going to get. I don't think he's producing. I think that we should trade him. Okay. Um, you know what? I agree with this for one reason and one reason only. What's that? It gives us space to bring in Patrick. Oh, for God's sake. Dude, you need to stop making this. It's not happening. Every conversation devolves into this. I swear to God. These episodes can go one of two ways. We're either trading for Wilson, Kane, and Reeves, or we're bringing in the entire Columbus Blue Jackets organization. (laughs) I mean, hey, they seem to keep making it farther than we do. Yeah. What? The Blue Jackets, the franchise that's only ever yeah. won one playoff series in their history. Yeah. And, <laughs> what and are you talking Tampa about? Bay the other couple yeah. That, that was the only the playoff series ever. they've ever won. Yeah, no. We've... And Line A wasn't even on the team. Yeah, that's good enough for me. The Canucks suck, but in the last three <laughs> years, really... we've won more playoff series than they've won in their existence. <laughs> Talk about a shit take, Tyler. Yeah, Tyler <laughs> shit take. Okay. No, this this isn't happening, right? Like this guy was drafted and groomed by the team. He's part of the identity of this team. 
I mean, like, I know there's a push to get him out of here, but, like, to be honest with you, I think that's kind of going a little bit too far. Here's my thing with, with Besser, right, is I – this is fun because I fall firmly in the middle in that Besser's qualifying offer of just over $7 million is too much. You're right. I don't think he's going to ask for that much, though. I think he will take a hometown deal because he likes the city, he likes the team, and I think he's going to stay. And I think it will be in our best interest because a player like that can improve. I think anything over $5 million for him is an overpayment for what we're getting from him. Yeah, if he'd take... But- I would rather sign Mott at $2.5 oh, million for four years. <laughs> Same. No, if Besser signs like two years, you- $5 million a season, I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah, but I don't think I think he's going to ask for at least six, six and a half, maybe seven. Uh, I think, like you said, he's an integrate. Like he was one of the first draft picks. He's like one of the faces of the team. I think he'll ask for a lot of money, and he's just he doesn't produce like a six million dollar player. He hasn't had a better season than his rookie season, and all of his points, especially this season, come on the power play. He sucks five on five, and. He hasn't played more than, I think, 65 games in a season. And he's been in the league for, what, like five, six years? You can't be throwing that amount of money at a player who's not going to be on your team for the full season. Okay, so here's the way I look at it. This Canucks team, they obviously lack in a few areas, but the the, the place that I think they have the biggest hole is their goal-scoring ability. You know, they lost a lot of games. (laughs) Fuck. It's, oh my God. They lost a lot of games early in the season because they just could not put the puck in the net. They weren't losing games 6-5. They weren't losing games 8-7. They were losing games 1-0 and 2-1. Yeah. Right? They have a phenomenal goalie. If they could just figure out a way to put the puck in the net, they're going to win a lot more games. And I think the fastest way to go in the wrong direction is by trading away your player who is built to be a goal scorer. He's the only pure goal scorer on the team. Yes, JT Miller has more goals. Yes, there are other players who can score, but that is his fundamental role. He is a goal scorer. Put him on the second line, put him on the third line. No matter where he fits in your roster, he's a goal scorer. And I think as long as that contract ends up being a fair value for what you get from him, you hang on to Brock Besser because he is what your team is lacking sorely the most right now. Okay, if you sign Besser and say it's somewhere around six to seven or whatever, how do you afford Miller? Well, that's tough, isn't it? I mean... It sucks. There's so many other bad contracts on this team that it takes away from our ability to try to develop guys who are in Brock Besser's position, right? Where, yeah, they're getting to the age where they should be getting paid a a little bit more, right? But now we're having to make tough decisions because the money that probably should be going to a Brock Besser is going to a Tyler Myers or an Oliver Ekman Larson or a Tucker Pullman or you name it, any of these guys, right? I think, again, this really all comes down to what Besser is going to ask for. If he's willing to take around a $5 million contract for the next two years, you can make the money work with Miller. You can ship other pieces out. You can make it work. But you're right. If he he asks for a full 7 mil and says, I'm not moving off of this number, then, yeah, I I hate to say it, but you got to make the tough decision. But if he's willing to take that hometown deal, it's worth it to hang on to him. Because, it, again, I keep bringing this up. It, he reminds me a lot of Johnny Goudreau. How just a year or two ago, people were saying, get this guy out of here. He's a bum. He can't perform anymore. He, he's already hit his peak. He's done. Then he comes out this year and looks amazing, right? He's a guy that's still, he's young enough that he can still improve. He has potential. 
So uh, I think that the smart thing to do is hang on to him because if they do let him go, man, that could come back and bite us because his value is at an all-time low trade-wise. That's the only thing, but let's say we get him for $5 million for the next six years. What about Pedersen's oh, contract? Because he's going to that actually be a decent contract. Besser five by six. Yeah, Besser's getting paid more than yeah. That like now. let's just say that. Like he's not. Yeah. Okay. So let's say six million for the next six years. A six by six. Oh, te- yeah, Tyler. Tyler. Oh, Alex, you can't just throw around that <laughs> term. All right, you got to settle. Down. Hell yeah. <laughs> Tyler's favorite contract. <laughs> He, he, uh-huh. he can't even stop yeah, smiling. I don't, just... I, don't <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm worried about what they're going to sign him to. And I think that the best move is sign him and trade him. I don't think he's going to get better. I think we've seen what his full potential is. Unless somehow he's able to play a full season, which I don't see that happening. He's always got injuries. I just don't think that he will be in the best interest to keep him on the team longer. I, okay, but what about Stamkos, though? Stamkos has been injury-prone his whole career, yet he's been a top-10 player in the league, and he's managed to stay a very good player in this league. I think that's a nice thing to say about him. Top-10, not quite. He, he was there. He was Stam- there. Stamkos scored over 60 goals in a season before he yeah. got out. Yeah. You see best twice, scoring over 60? Twice. Yeah, no, I get it. Well, it could happen. No. <laughs> Let's just ship him out for Tarasenko, then. Oh, Christ's sake. For me, the biggest problem here is just that, like, you got to find the money, right? Like, that's the big issue. And for me, it's like the Canucks have so many of those contracts that just, they're just annoying contracts, right? Like the Dickinson contracts. They got three more years at about three million, right? Mm. Um, They got, like, we've talked about it nausea, the Tanner Pearson contract, which is 3.25, right? Like, they've got so many of these little annoying contracts that if they could find a way to shed, then they would have no problem keeping and hanging on to guys like Brock Besser. The problem is they have so many of these contracts that just hold them back that we have to have conversations like this. So, you know, in this offseason, if they can find a way to move those guys out, even if it means at a loss, you know, trading away a second, trading yeah. away a, a, a prospect, they need to get rid of these contracts. And the, the biggest one of all, which I'm sure everyone's probably been thinking of, is Tyler Myers. Mm-hmm. Get rid of him, and that just opens up a world of opportunity for you. Hanging on to Brock Besser, trading him for a better player, right? Making a good hockey trade to get rid of a, a weaker player with assets to bring in a better one, right? Like, it's just they're in a point now where they're so handcuffed by what Jim Benning did to them that it's unfortunate that this is a decent uh, uh, take because of their cap situation. But if it weren't for that, I think they'd be hanging on to him no questions asked. I think your easiest contract to move is going to be Connor Garland. It would be, but that's the, the one where you're giving up the most too. Yeah, but I think if the yeah. Canucks are going to ha- sign Brock Besser and JT Miller next season, that's the, probably the contract that they're going to have to give up, maybe with another player. But um, I think I think Connor Garland's got to go for you to create that cap space because nobody's taking Tyler Myers and nobody's taking Tucker Pullman. You could give them a first and Tyler Myers, and they're still not going to take it. Yeah. I wouldn't. I would. There's a lot of things I would do before I'd ever let Tyler Myers on my roster if I was a GM. But it is what it is. Like you said, it is what it is. And uh, like this terrible Smith take, <laughs> it is what it is. But we got to get on with the rest of the show. Alex Smith, thank you so much for coming on. It's always a joy having you on, and uh, and we love talking about what you have to say. No problem. <laughs> 
Anyway, uh, like I said, we got to <laughs> get right. on with the show. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming. All right. Have a good one. All right. Peace out, man. All right. Yeah. Uh, not a bad uh, take, but uh, man, if they do end up moving Besser, that's going to it's gonna be weird. You know, he's been on this team for so long. Yeah, I'm like I said, I'm not, I'm not excited about it, but yeah. like they they have to make the money work. That's the bottom yeah, line. Yeah. I I want to keep him, but the money has to make sense. Yeah. We'll find out. Anyway, uh moving on here. Uh as I said before the break, Eugene Melnick unfortunately he passed away uh last week. Um but in his wake, he leaves the Ottawa Senators in a bit of an interesting position. Uh in recent years, there's been plenty of conversation about how the Senators are playing outside the city of Ottawa mm-hmm. in a neighboring city called Canada. Uh I've been to the rink as I've mentioned a few times on the podcast and it is in the middle of nowhere. Uh, They sometimes have a tough time uh, gauging interest in the team and getting people out to watch games. Therefore, they had been talking about moving the team into the city of Ottawa. Um, But now, with Eugene Melnick, of course, not being here anymore, it raises a rather interesting question. Do they move the team into the city of Ottawa, or do they relocate? And more specifically, do they relocate to a neighboring Canadian province, Quebec, and again, more specifically, Quebec City? I mean, I feel like it's a little, little too early to kind of to tell and to kind of dive into those kind of things, because God only knows what uh, what that team is going to look like when whoever steps up and takes over. I, I think you kind of have to keep it in Ottawa, though. That's I don't think you can move them. I mean, I'll, I'll admit my opinion's quite biased: is that I want the most amount of Canadian teams we can get. I feel like there's a couple Canadian cities that you could argue deserve a team and could support a team and they simply don't have one because that's not what the NHL is prioritizing right now. Also, it's expensive to set up a team here because even though they're quite profitable, our tax system works a lot differently than in the States. I guess what I'm saying is I would love to see a team in Quebec, but I don't want that team to be relocating from another Canadian city. I'd like an American team to move up to Quebec. Well, without a rink in the city of Ottawa, a lot of fans are starting to speculate that they might not have a choice, that Ottawa may need to move. That's if they can't get a stadium built in Ottawa. Yes. Maybe they should just build houses around the stadium. Dude, it is literally in a <laughs> cornfield. That, exactly. That stadium you cut, you, is you just... You cut down the corn, you build up some houses... Get some high rises around there. Well, they don't have any more corn. Area. Yeah, <laughs> like hey, you don't need corn, Tyler. You are seriously misunderestimating the 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 area. It is like if you were driving down the freeway and just pulled off at a random exit, and all of a sudden you were in a field with nothing, and then an NHL ice <laughs> rink dropped in the middle of it. Like it is that odd of a place for this place. It, it, it seems like, and and we've had this conversation in the past. They are in desperate need of a new location. The building itself is fine, which is unfortunate, but they need to be in a more metropolitan area. It's just in the middle of nowhere. Do you know, and I'm sorry to put you on the spot, is that the only stadium they've ever had? You mean since they came back in the early 90s? Yeah. I don't know. Let me look it up. Is it the Canadian Tire Center? Yes. Oh, man, there's a freaking Hyundai right across the street. And a Timmy's. They're good Dude, to go. <laughs> I know it, there might be like a few things, but seriously, it is, there's nothing around there. Uh, it looks like they played in a building called the Ottawa Civic Center. Wait, really? Yeah, it looks like they played in the Civic Center for a few years before they moved to what, it had a different name back then, but what is yeah. now the Canadian Tire Center. 
Right. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Because I, I was going to suggest maybe they could, you know, if they had an older stadium in downtown that they could update it or renovate yeah, it. Yeah, kind of like know. what they did with Climate Pledge. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, from what I can see, though, the Ottawa Civic Center, which has been renamed to TD Place Arena, yeah. is only a 9,000-seater. Holy sp- Yeah. That, that's why I was surprised they were ever there in the first place. But, yeah. like... Still more than the Coyotes next year. That is very <laughs> yeah. true. You can make it work. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's that's surprising. Yeah, it has a nine thousand eight hundred person capacity, so there would have to be a crazy amount of work. That that's not a renovation anymore. That's a tear it down and use the lot if it's big enough. But yeah, bottom line is that NHL teams should only have home rinks in downtown cores or like bordering on the downtown area. Exactly, it needs I mean, to this, be. In the- this rink is only 20 minutes away from the heart of Ottawa. It's not that far. But the problem is there's no transit, right? I've heard there's like one bus shuttle that goes out there, and that's about it. Like, think about all the rapid transit that we have to get you from as far out as what's soon going to be Langley, right, to get all the way to downtown, right? Yeah, if, if maybe they should just build the SkyTrain then. The other problem was that if anyone remembers, this was quite uh, infamous, that when Ottawa was in the uh, third round of the playoffs, uh, the parking rates were going up, and they were being charged $45 to park their car for the duration of the game in the stadium, right? It's just that that's not sustainable. When, again, you have people from here paying $4 round trip to get from way out in the lower mainland all the way downtown, right? When you factor in the gas, the tickets, the parking, it all adds up, right? No, no one's going to do that or not as many people. Mm-hmm. That's why I, I've still said, I brought it up before. I think that the SkyTrain in Vancouver needs to make a, an improvement. They need to run a train out to the Playland Fairgrounds. They need a station out there. You have the Pacific Coliseum. You've got the racetrack. You've got the PNE. You... Sometimes have Empire Stadium, I guess, when they just decide to build one there for a while. Uh, there, there's so much that people would intentionally use the SkyTrain for to get out there. And there's just, there's not enough transit options. Well, if that's the case, they should just extend it out to Maple Ridge too. I agree. Make a make a few stops. Maple Ridge, Mission, hell, connect everything. Also, Tyler, just for reference, right? Like the... Canadian Tire Center is about as far outside of the downtown core of Ottawa as the Horseshoe Bay Ferry Terminal is from the, the downtown Vancouver area. So it's like, you know, the difference of going from, you know, if you're from Surrey, from Surrey to downtown Vancouver, as from Surrey to the Horseshoe Bay Ferry Terminal. Yeah. It's a bit of a difference, right? Yeah. Like, and especially when you consider there's no transit out there. So you know, it, it even though it may not seem like it's that big of a deal, especially in an area like Ottawa, where it's not as uh, developed in that area as it is, you know, for Vancouver, or Toronto, mm-hmm. or more metropolitan cities. Maybe they should just build a tunnel underground or something. Then a tunnel. Get people get. Yeah, I don't know. They should build something. Get the people to the game because building a new arena is going to be so expensive, and, and moving that team out is. So you mean like making just making more transit options to go to the stadium rather than building a brand new stadium. But see, like, that's the thing is like, does the city build a transit system where the only thing is an arena and nothing in between? Ah, there was a Tim's and a Hyundai dealership. Right. Sorry. So if you plan on buying a car, (laughs) buying a cup of coffee and then watching the Sens get their asses kicked and you want to do it, 
40 minutes away from your house. Exactly. Um, you can do that. But nothing in between, right? Do they do well, that? I think they or should. Or just- does a more realistic situation sound like, let's move the team to Quebec City, where it would be probably a better financial decision. There's already an existing fan base. You're moving a Canadian team to another Canadian city. There's going to be less of a disassociation between the players in the area. Um, they may have an easier time moving over their contract situations. They don't have to worry about you know going from Canadian to an American market and that perspective i don't really know i just i would imagine relocating a team from canada to canada would be a lot easier than from canada to the states or vice versa anyway um that's the situation there um i am a firm believer that i think this would be and again this is one of my favorite teams i love the sense i think it makes the most sense they've had a really rough ride in ottawa they're a great team they're a fun young team I think they're going nowhere but up. They need one, maybe two more years at the bottom, and then they're going to be a perennial threat. That being said, move them to Quebec City. And and sorry, I have one more point on this, which I just, just dawned on me. Quebec City had a team that was one year removed from winning a Stanley Cup yeah. before they got relocated to Colorado. Could you imagine if Ottawa went back to Quebec City and won a cup? I know it's a little bit far-fetched, but just think about that, you know? They're already an established team with a great young core. Seems like it'd be pretty cool to me. Yeah, I, the thing is, again, for that to happen, you'd have to do something pretty unthinkable, which is relocate a team when they're close to their peak. As like, But that's what happened, though. That's what I'm saying. Because there was a big push to get teams out of Canada and into the States, right? That, that was done because there was... There was an agenda behind it. It wasn't, ah, Quebec isn't a good enough hockey market. They could have kept selling out there. They would have been fine. There's a lot of other teams that were doing worse that they could have moved. But Quebec went to Colorado only a few years after Ottawa came into the league. So, you see what I'm saying? Like, it was around that time anyway. Anyway, I feel like we've probably been on this topic a little bit too long. The the only thing I want to touch on this is you're bringing... A bunch of foreign players now to a French-speaking place, where it's their sole first language is French. Well, welcome to getting traded to Montreal, yeah, or signed by Montreal, or drafted by Montreal. Montreal's more fifty-fifty, and they are a giant fan base. So, because Quebec, you're going to be a solely French fan fan base. I mean, yeah, but if there was any team that was going to relocate, Ottawa is a bilingual city. No, they let's have, screw over the Americans. Come on. Yeah, let's let's put Anaheim in Quebec City, right? <laughs> no, it, it just, to me, it makes the most sense that you're... And again, I don't really want to see them get relocated, but to me, it makes the most sense to put them there out of all the teams that we've been talking about, like Arizona, like uh, Florida in recent years. Obviously, now they're doing pretty well, but a couple years ago... But they, they still they can't really sell out. They still yeah, can't right? fill their stadium, and they're well-known as at least a top-two team in the NHL. Right. It just makes sense to put a team back in Quebec City, and for me, the team that makes the most sense is the Ottawa Senators. That being said, we got to move on. We've got a ton more we want to talk about uh, before we get into the inbox. So... With that being said, it came out this week that the World Cup of Hockey happening in February of 2024, which has been knowledge for quite a bit now, right? Yeah, they made that public a few months back. Yeah, so we know that. But what we didn't know, which we found out this week, is that there will be no Team Europe and no Team North America, which for me just pisses me off. I loved watching Team North America. I thought they were so much fun. Team Europe, I'm a little bit less 
upset about because I think that uh, those teams could still compete, being, you know, Germany and Slovakia or whatever they ended up being comprised of. But uh, the no North America, that's the one that really kind of ticks me off. But I, I get it, though, you know, because here's the thing. I love Team North America. I thought it was so cool to watch for young hockey players, especially like that's what dreams are made of. Right. It's just a ragtag group of young North American guys. And the problem is that's because there were a lot of huge names that were still under the age of 23. You had McDavid, McKinnon, Matthews. That was like mm -hmm. their top line, yeah. right? Those are all top five players in the NHL right now, yeah. right? You look at the U23 team now, you know, you're going to have Zegras, <laughs> Jack Hughes, yeah. Cider. Like, it, it's not the same, yeah, no. right? And like, as much as it, it'd be cool to see again, Team North America just about beat all of Europe removed yeah. from, what was it, Sweden? And was there one other? Yeah, I can't remember exactly how yeah. they did. But yeah, but they did they, decent. They, they did phenomenal. They were this close. And I have my fingers very close together for those of you listening. <laughs> they were this close. Yeah, any of you that aren't watching us, which is all of you. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, everyone except Jake. <laughs> they, they yeah, were, I see your fingers. Oh, you can't. Right, on the webcam. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This close. <laughs> To making it into the finals to play Canada. That team is not going to be as good now. They, they won't be able to hang on the way that Team North America did then. So I, I got to say, I think it's the right call. Maybe one day they'll be able to bring it back. One day there will be a wave of young superstars. But that just doesn't line up with two years from now. Yeah, I agree with, uh, with pretty much everything you just said there. Like Jack Hughes is not Connor McDavid. You're not going to have a Nathan McKinney. You're not going to have an Austin Matthews. These these players are all like the the top of the top, and Canada's got two of them. They're just going to torch any of these these new young kids. Maybe Bedard for like the following one if there's a few other good people in the in the draft. But uh, I can see why they they took Team North America out. I wouldn't mind seeing Ger or uh, Team Europe thrown back together though. Because I don't think Germany alone is going to compete with anybody. I don't think Slovakia alone is going to compete with anybody. So kind of meshing them together to make a super team, I think I think gives them a fair shot. I could even see if you split Europe into like two teams, you know, like you had like a West and East or a North and South Europe or however you wanted to divide it up. I'm not great with my European geography, so I don't know. France versus the Netherlands. I don't care. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, let's have a team Montenegro. <laughs> just, just split them up somehow because, like, let's be real. At least right now, Sweden is kind of the best, probably going to be the best European team, if not fin yeah, yeah, Finland. Finland, yeah. Finland was maybe the other one that might have been in the... Russia. Are uh, they, well, well, they're more Asian than European. Yeah. Everyone knows that Russians are Asian. <laughs> That's how I classify them. I don't even think they'll be in this tournament, though. Let's be honest. Well, I mean, come on. This is two years from now, right? Yeah, the, I mean, we can hope. The world could be a lot different. Yeah. But also what I think the NHL would do if they were smart, because let's face it, there's a huge Russian population in the NHL, is again, pull the whole Olympics thing. Just have them compete, but not under their own flag, right? Just have a, you know, these are the Russian athletes of the NHL. Right, have have a thing like that, but you you can't tell me you're going to do a World Cup and not give me Ovechkin, uh, Kucherov, 
all, all the all those guys, right? You you can't just say here's the best players in the world minus like a quarter of them, yeah, minus some of the best players in the world. <laughs> exactly, yeah. because they're leaders doing things we don't agree with. Like, yeah. Well, let's let's not get too political yeah. on it, but I no. see what you're saying. Yeah. Sure. Um. Anyway, uh, there's a lot more going on in in the world of the NHL, including. Connor McDavid just hit his 100th point, and he's well on his way to potentially eclipsing 120 points this season. This guy's nuts. Like, every year it's like, oh, here's McDavid again, the top of the leaderboards. I think he's just going to start having competitions with himself on how fast he can get to 100. Like, there's nobody else, like, really that close to him. Uh, He's just a freak of nature, one of a kind, and it sucks that he plays for the Oilers. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. I was having this conversation with one of my friends who isn't a hockey fan, and he's he's a huge soccer guy. So I was trying to figure out a way to like compare Connor McDavid to soccer and to try to like you know give him some somewhere to stand on. And it's weird because Connor McDavid is so much better than everyone else in the league that it's extremely hard to compare him to anyone else in any other league. Like, how do you compare him to a soccer player? Is he Messi? No. Is he Ronaldo? No. Is he Neymar or any of these other guys? No, because he's completely on an island by himself, right? Think about basketball. Is he LeBron James? No. Is he Seth or Steph Curry? No. He's He's got all of these amazing talents that he wraps up together and he puts out and he's just phenomenal. It's impossible to try to explain him to someone without just playing some of his highlights, showing you some of the numbers, and letting you watch teams try and play against him. It's incredible. I think that we're living in a time where we get to watch the best, one of the best players in the history of the game at the peak of his game. And and that's really something special. Yeah, the last time some... No, that can't be right. The last time someone hit 120 points in a season was Crosby in 06, 07? That can't be right. I mean, I'm not sure, but that sounds right to me. Holy crap. And then Joe Thornton in 0506. Holy Christ. He it's been a while. He had 125. Joe for sure. What was Crosby's rookie year? 0506. So since his second year in the league, no one has done that. He did it. No one else has done it since, including himself, who was only in his second season. Yeah, but you got to remember, like, I think it was maybe only two or three years after that is when he started having his concussion issues and his injuries, and he kind of went down. Yeah, yeah, and that's he never, true. he never quite returned. Like, if it weren't for those injuries Crosby had early in his career, I think we would have seen a completely different career. But because of it, he kind of tapered off. Yeah. At least in terms of, like, a superstar, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true, yeah. No one's arguing that he wasn't the best player in the last generation, mm-hmm. but, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. But Jesus Christ, so that's been... Getting close to 20 years since someone's hit the 120-point mark. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely no doubt. Connor McDavid, best player in the league. I hope he gets to 120, um, but obviously, time will tell. Until then, though, let's get ourselves up on the diving board. Get ready to do a backflip into a front flip. (laughs) (laughs) As we dive into the inbox. That's a pretty crazy twist, man. (laughs) You know what? It would be a spectacle indeed. Backflip into a front flip. You'd have to jump out of a plane to do that. (laughs) Stop your momentum from going back and then... (laughs) And then roll forward. Well, you know, if anyone can do it, it's us. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> prime physical form. Exactly. All three of us. Uh, we're the only individuals on the planet, apparently, that could do it. But we could. Uh, so let's take a look at the inbox. What do we have here? Uh, okay. looks like the first question on the inbox did you see the play involving... Ah, yeah, Clay, Clayton Keller. Obviously, he broke his leg this week. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, pretty nasty play. Yeah. Did you guys see it at all? I did have the... Uh, yeah, I saw, like, a gif of, like, him falling into the boards and then his legs kind of going in different directions, but I didn't see the lead-up to it. Oh, it, it, it's bad. He j it, It's too bad, too, because he's going in. He's not really tripped. He just kind of blows the tire going into the boards. And just kind of does this weird, like he he has no chance to brace himself for it at all. It's just yeah. like he, he's at high speed. He's going in at a bad angle. I, I can't even imagine, like trying to describe this to our listeners. By the time he hits the board, his body is folded like a swastika. And like, I don't know how else to really try to represent that. But that's what it is. <laughs> he, uh. He kind of caught a bit of an edge with his his left skate there as he was going right, and it kind of pulled back to the left, and he hit the boards almost in like a weird split with his leg up, like Marcus said. Yeah, and like but that's just it. One's <laughs> bent up, the other's bent down. They're both folded in a way that doesn't make any sense uh, anat anatomically, anatomically. What? I don't know medical terms. You, it doesn't. His leg looked like yeah, it broke. You're not supposed to bend that way. <laughs> that's, that's the bottom line. And uh, you feel awful for him. You know, a young star who's having a good season on an awful team. Uh, it sounds like the update was he should be ready to come back for next season. But Jesus Christ. Like, I, I don't know what would hurt more. Your leg bending the wrong way, doing the splits when you've probably never done the splits before. There's just a, a lot of pain that I can see there. Yeah, and I think the most painful thing here is just that, like, this also hurts his chances of being traded, which I think is probably what he was looking forward to the most, yeah. is getting out of Arizona. Um, and so, yeah, obviously I feel so bad for the guy. Okay, let's move on to the next question. Um, this was kind of an interesting one. It asks us, if we were starting our own franchise, who would we rather build around, Mitch Marner or Jonathan Huberto? I think I'll take first crack at this. Um, I think for me, if I was building my franchise, I'd be looking at Trish trying to get into the playoffs, right? And I think for that reason, I'd be looking at a player like Mitch Marner. During the regular season, great player. During the playoffs, completely disappears. Therefore, I think he'd be decent, decent player to take in, uh, in the regular season at least. Um, but like I said, I don't know about when, when I got towards playoffs. So because he would get you to the playoffs, and even though he would do nothing there, you could say, hey, my team made the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, like, if I'm a new franchise and I'm looking at getting to the playoffs, that would be at least my argument for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but also, I think that I would just end up trading him, to be honest. Just trading him to a contender, trying to get a decent, decent package for him, because I really don't think that he's... Like, he'd be good for a few years, but, you know, better tr trade piece than anything. I think anything that Marner can do, Huberto can do better. Okay. When it comes fair. when it comes to assists, Huberto's got way more assists. When it comes to goals, yes, Marner scores more, but he's also playing on the line with Awesome Matthews. So you would think that Marner would actually have more assists. They both kill penalties, and you're gonna be able to get Huberto at a way cheaper price than Marner. Marner's already shown that he's not willing to take no discounts and he's gonna gouge you for everything he has even though he can't do nothing in the playoffs. I get here's where I come to though is that if you're looking at this like 
expansion draft style, right? Like you just, you're trying to build a team that's going to be good now and probably good in the future. The one thing Mitch Marner has is he's four years younger than Huberdeau, right? They have very similar production, but you got to think Huberdeau is probably at his peak. He's not getting any better than he is. Marner honestly has the chance to still improve on where he is. So I got to be honest, this is tough because I, I hate the Leafs and you're right in the playoffs. He's just abysmal and honestly can be a detriment to your team just by taking egregious penalties for no reason. I, I got to be honest. I, I think I might be leaning a little towards Marner in this scenario where you're just building a team. You're not picking right now just who's better, you know, because right now Huberto's the better player. If I had to pick a player right now to just add to the Canucks roster, say taking Huberto for sure. Yeah, no, the one thing with Marner is just I want to see how he he would play if he didn't have another superstar on his line. Yeah, that's fair. That That's kind of the only thing that, that I haven't seen because he's either had Austin Matthews, he's had John Tavares, he's had all these really good players where right now Huberto's playing with Sam Reinhart, who's who's not a bad player, and I don't even know who else, but it's not, it's not Barkov, it's not. I think he's playing with Anthony Duclair or something. Yeah. No, he's not playing with... 50-goal scorer, Austin Matthews. Yeah, very true. Okay, good point. Good point. That may have swayed me, actually. That may have swayed me. Did you guys not want to congratulate Austin Matthews on hitting 50 goals? Did he do no. that? Yeah, that's why I said 50-goal scorer, Austin Matthews. I never even no. heard about it. No. Okay. Thanks, thanks for bringing it up, though. You guys don't want to talk about the Leafs? Uh, no, I think we'll skip that. Ah, today. damn. Sorry. Yeah, we don't have enough time to talk about the Leafs this week. We don't have enough time to talk about the Leafs this week. We don't have enough time. Ah, speaking of the time, (laughs) it's, it's, I I always zone out when you're doing that. I always look at you like, okay, we don't have time. I get it. (laughs) But if we don't have time for that, then that must mean it's time for For Tyler's Tyler's Surprise surprise Headline. headline. It's Tyler's Surprise Headline. Oh, yeah. Oh, boys, this is a good one. Oh, sweet. (laughs) And I didn't even have to look for this one. This one was sent to me. So someone sent it to you. Fell out of the sky. (laughs) Was handed to me on a silver platter. Florida man dumps 33,000 in stolen rare coins into change machines. So, you know those, you know those (laughs) coin machines that they have in like uh, the superstores and whatnot? Yeah. Well, this man stole (laughs) $33,000 worth of like extremely rare coins. And dumped it into like a Coinstar machine. A fucking Walmart. For $29.30. Oh my God. Oh my God. In the Walmart parking lot with a briefcase full of rare coins, cracking the plastic and dumping them in. Holy shit. Wait, you said he got how much? $29? $29.30. So on average, each coin cost about $1,000. It was, yeah, if it's $30,000, yeah. and I'm the maths guy, so you that's got to be right. Dad's guy. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's statistically on average. That's, <laughs> statistically? That's, yeah. that's a thousand per coin. Yeah, roughly. And he was just flushing $999 worth of each coin mm-hmm. down the drain yeah. for a $30 return. Unreal. <laughs> hey, I mean, when you got to get your crack, you got to get your crack. Right. And you can't trade rare coins for crack. <laughs> Guess not. 
I just think it's crazy. Like, they must have all been, like, quarters for it to be. You know, because, like, they don't have. Yeah, because uh, pro- those machines probably aren't set to accept, like, silver dollars from <laughs> <Yeah>. 1918. <laughs> right? Or, like, if he's from Florida, it's not taking loonies and toonies. Yeah. So it's like, damn, dude really got 30 bucks. <laughs> I wonder if pennies will ever be worth anything. Not to him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I got a weird coin story. I used to okay. No, no, it, it, it's weird. I used to play uh, soccer games with a penny in one of my in my left boot. I'd keep it in my cleat. Just I found a penny once. It was from the year I was born for no reason at all. I just decided I was like. This is a lucky penny. <laughs> Slid it under the sole of my cleat, and I did that religiously for six years, maybe. Cool. Yeah, just thought it would be lucky. Did it work for did, you? No, no. I. You know what? <laughs> maybe that's why you toe punted that ball into the net. The other yeah, night. I'm right. <laughs> you I didn't really, have your. I didn't penny. have it in there. Maybe I got to put that back. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one game. It actually pissed me off a lot because it came out from under the sole, mm. so it was just like bouncing around inside my. It was annoying <laughs> as hell. I well, you gotta you gotta tape that thing down, professional. Yeah, yeah I'll do that next time. <laughs> anyway, I think speaking of next time, it's probably about time we wrap things up. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, all right. Uh, it's <laughs> been a fun episode, though. Yeah, yeah. And man, next year we flip the page on the calendar of the <laughs> yes. Vancouver Boys Podcast. Yes. April first. <laughs> I guess New we're not. Year. No, we wouldn't be flipping the page. We're throwing the calendar in the garbage. Exactly. New calendar. Take New it out calendar. of the plastic, put your family's birthdays on it, yeah. smack it up on the fridge. Exactly. Maybe one day if we Starting start like from a, April, <laughs> maybe like next year or whenever, if we start like a merch store, we can have calendars. <laughs> that go. A redundant calendar <laughs> yeah. that starts in the middle of April. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the page, oh, this is a nice gift you got me. It, st- it starts on April 14th. Yeah. What? And, and every every like month will be a different picture of Tyler. <laughs> we'll do a twisted Tyler catalog. Exactly. Dude, I'm so down. I'm so down. I'll get one of those like ba- banana hammock things oh. and wear it underneath. Oh, no, you, you will make like one out of a twisted tea <laughs> Oh man! Well, well, maybe the calendar, not so. Maybe some <laughs> less maybe explicit we'll shelf photos. That idea for now. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Merch coming soon. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, anyway, if you have enjoyed this episode and you would like to support us, please subscribe to us on whatever listening platform you are on, whether it's Spotify, Apple, or somewhere else. I don't know. Those are the only ones I ever listen on. But yeah. Um, but yeah, or if you want to reach out to us, you can find us at Vancouver Boys Podcast on Twitter. No, nope. you can't. That's nope. right. No, wait a minute. You can't. You can reach us on Twitter at, uh, what is it? At Vancouver Boys underscore. Well, that's stupid. I know. <laughs> Twitter is I've stupid. A, I've been having a lot of fun with the Twitter. Okay? I bet you I, have. <laughs> It's the only one we give him the password for. Tyler with Twitter is just unhinged, man. <laughs> We're like some crazy radical account. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I gotta send doing right wing right nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. If you want to get in contact with us, we're at Vancouver Boys Podcast on Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, whatever. 
Uh, you'll find us, except for Twitter, like I mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Don't go there. You won't find us. Uh, but, yeah, if you want to reach out to us, send us your thoughts, opinions, ideas about anything NHL-related or hockey-related, and we'd love to hear from you. Um, with all that being said, this has been a fun one. I've really enjoyed this week. I love being the host. I think it's a lot of fun. I like it when you're the host because <laughs> yeah. I get to I talk more. Like, I also like it when you're the host because I don't have to talk as much. All right. Well, you guys are lazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, this has been super fun. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you in the new year. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. See you on the next one. Peace. Hey, come watch us on Twitch.